Welcome to Purposeful Profit, where I'll help you take your business to the next level. I'm Carla Motes, finance and strategy coach and fractional CFO for high-achieving female entrepreneurs. I'm here to empower women to build wildly profitable businesses that give them the freedom to live their dream lives. I'll use my more than 30 years of finance and consulting experience to take the mystery out of your finances, help you make more money, and go after your next big thing. Hi there, and welcome back to the Purposeful Profit Podcast. I'm your host, Carla Motes, and I am a financial and accounting expert. I am your financial whisperer. I uh, work with female founders. I help them simplify their business finances so they can put more money in their pocket. And this week, we are talking about taxes. It is tax season here in the U.S. It is a time that causes a lot of stress and a lot of hand-wringing with a lot of business owners. Just as a reminder for you, if you have a calendar year-end, which I'm going to guess most people listening to this do, your individual tax returns and C-Corp tax returns are due on April 15th. And if you have an S-Corp or 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 are an LLC filing as an S-Corp, that return, your 1120S, is due on March 15th. And a lot of the anxiety that business owners feel is because they don't know what they don't know, they don't know, they aren't sure what to provide, or they are not prepared. And you can really breeze through tax season when you are prepared. When you're prepared, it's just, it, the stress just melts away. And that's what I'm going to do in this episode. I am going to help you get prepared. So in today's episode, you're going to learn some QBO housekeeping tasks that you should be doing before you go to your tax preparer. I'm going to talk to you about some key deductions that are not part of your bookkeeping and that you want to think about. I'm going to give you some tips for managing all those receipts to make tax prep easier. And then I'm going to talk a little bit at the end about how to prepare for tax season if you're not on QBO or you do not have a bookkeeping system. And of course, when I talk about taxes, um, I put out my legal disclaimer that my attorney requires. The information in this podcast is for educational purposes. It is not intended as a substitute for your own personal tax advice. So please seek out your personal tax professional for advice regarding your personal tax situation. But first, let's dive in and, you know, start from the ground zero. And let's talk about who needs to report business income. If you have any business income at all, any even a dollar, even $100, you are required to report it. There is a threshold, a, a minimum for which you have to pay self-employment tax, but anybody who has any income, you know, needs to report report their income. Even if you have no income, if you have no income this year, maybe you're in your business, you have no income, but you have expenses or you have expenses in excess of your income, you still want to report it because you can still take a loss on your, on your tax return. Again, your tax advisor can help you with that. If you have a hobby, and it's not a business, you also have to report the income, but you can't deduct any of the expenses. So if you have something and you're conducting it really as a hobby and not as a, as a, as a business, you know, be forewarned, you know, you're, you're going to pay taxes on the in- income, but you can't deduct the expenses. Okay. When you go to your tax pro, most legit tax pros are going to have some type of online organizer or questionnaire you'll complete that will help them gather information. When I worked in tax preparation, you know, I don't know, 20 years ago, we had this huge, humongous, you know, probably like four inch thick tax organizer packet that would go out to our clients that they'd have to prepare and send in to us. So pretty much all digital now, but that will allow them to gather a lot of the information that they need. Um, you'll provide the normal information for your personal tax return. You know, um, if you're, if, if you have a day job and you have any W-2s, you'll provide that. If your husband has any type of income, rental property, all, all that thing, all the things you would normally report. If you didn't have a business, you'll report those, but you're also going to provide information on your business income and expenses. 
what most tax preparers will do now, as soon as they find out you have QBO, is they will just want access to your QBO account. You um, have, as part of your subscriptions, you get accountant users, and you get, for most versions, you have two accountant users. So one will be your bookkeeper, typically, and one will be your tax pro. Um, and then they will give them access to go in, and they will pull the financial data themselves, um, any type of reports that they need. One thing to keep in mind is if you have an outsourced bookkeeper, your bookkeeper should be available to work with your tax pro. Some will charge you for it, some won't. Any of the bookkeeping packages that I have, I work you know, collaboratively with their tax pro at the end of the year to provide them any information they need to answer any questions that they have. Okay, before you go to your tax pro though, you really want to do some QBO housekeeping. And if you have a bookkeeper, this should all be part of their year-end review. If you don't have a bookkeeper and you're doing your books, you're DIYing your books, these are things you'll want to do. But make sure if you have a bookkeeper, there's anything that I'm going through in this list should be stuff that they are already doing or already discussing with you. If they are not doing a year-end review with you, why well, by all means, reach out to them and tell them you want to have one. Um, one thing to keep in mind as I go through this list, this list is not all-inclusive. This isn't everything that they should do for your end. I really made a list of tasks that are specific to being able to get your taxes ready. So there are other things. I'm, I'm doing my year-end reviews with my clients right now. There are things that I'm doing above and beyond this list. But at a minimum, this is what you want to do before you have your tax preparer get into QuickBooks and you know start working on preparing your tax return. Okay. Uh, another thing to keep in mind is when you your accountant user has access to views in QBO that you don't have. There is a books review and there is an overview that just comes with the accountant's review. Okay, so they have the ability to go in and really easily you know, see the status of, of all the different types of transactions you have. And it also, you know, the books review is set up by QuickBooks to tell you things that you should be look, you know, as a bookkeeper, things you should be reviewing and making sure are cleared up. Um, that's something your accountant will be able to look at. But things that you want to do for your housekeeping. So one thing is you want to make sure all your bank accounts are reconciled. Okay, when I say bank accounts, I'm talking about savings and checking accounts, credit card accounts, lines of credit or loans. This also includes PayPal. I also reconcile Stripe accounts. You know, you basically, you're, there's, a, there's a reconciliation function in, Quick, in QBO, and your bookkeeper will know how to do this. Um, and if you are doing your own books, this is something you'll want to know how to do. But make sure they're all reconciled. This is basically making sure that what is on your bank account ties back or can be reconciled to your bank statements. If you have payroll, so if you have W-2 employees, and this would include yourself, you know, if you're an, you know, if you're an S corp, you're going to have at least yourself as a as a W-2 employee. Make sure all your payroll accounts, both your P&L accounts like payroll expense as well as any liability accounts you have, these are getting reconciled back to payroll registers and returns to make sure all of your payroll expenses have been recorded properly. You want to make sure you don't have undeposited funds or uncategorized assets. These sit on your balance sheet, so you'll run a balance sheet and you'll look for these two items, undeposited funds or uncategorized assets. The reason I want you to look at these is these are transactions that are not fully processed. They're sitting on your balance sheet and they just, 
they're not, they haven't been completely processed. I want to clear these accounts out before the end of every year. So again, if you pull out your balance sheet, if you don't see these accounts listed, then you're good. But again, you can go directly to your bookkeeper and, and ask for validation. Can you validate for me that I don't have any undeposited funds or any uncategorized assets and ask them to show you how they know that. Again, if a client comes to me and asks me for that, I can do it a couple ways. I can show them a balance sheet and I can also take them to one of these special accountants views and I can show them on those screens that they don't have any. One thing I want you to do and make sure your bookkeeper does is have you review your owner distributions. Owner distributions are basically money that has been paid out of the business to you. Um, it's just an S corp. Sometimes we'll call it an we'll call it an owner dividend. If you're a sole proprietor, it's usually called an owner draw or an owner distribution. These are not expenses of your business. Okay, these are basically returns of money from the business back to you as the owner. And so they are not expenses of the business. So one of the things you want to look for in owner distributions is you want to make sure nothing got coded incorrectly to owner distributions that is really a business expense. I would, took over a client recently and we pulled up their owner distributions and there were a bunch of small dollar amounts in there and they were, they were Amazon charges. And every time the bookkeeper had seen Amazon, they just threw it into distributions. But when the business owner went back through their Amazon, a lot of these were business expenses. So again, if you've got anything in there that's a business expense, you're going to want your bookkeeper to get them coded correctly onto your profit and loss statement, your expenses in the appropriate categories. Another thing I want you to think about is, are there any business transactions you paid out of personal funds? I always tell people, you know, to really pay all of their business expenses out of a business, off of a business credit card or out of a business account. That's the ideal scenario, but there can be mistakes. This year, I would think I was out at an office depot and I have my business and my checking or my personal checking and my business checking at the same bank. And I accidentally pulled out the wrong debit card and I paid for a bunch of business expenses on my on my personal debit card. Work with your bookkeeper to run any of these through your business as a either a reimbursed business expense or an owner investment. Some things to make sure that you're counting as business expenses. Any type of business attorney, you know, now if they're doing your your um, your will or you know divorce divorce or custody or something like that's a personal expense. But anything they're doing for you that's business related, you want to run through your business accountants. You know, your tax preparer, take that as a, you know, business deduction. Um, you know, if you, you know, often when you're paying your tax preparer, let's say you're an S-corp, they're preparing your S-corp return, but then they're preparing your individual return. That's all, you know, expenses of the business. So I, I would, I run that through as a business expense. You know, business insurance, you know, do you have any, you know, we're going to talk later about medical insurance. That's not what I'm count, um, including here. This is any type of business insurance. So if you have any you know, general liability insurance, any errors and omissions insurance if, that you're paying through a personal account, make sure you run that back through your business. Supplies, I think, is one that often people will go out. Supplies are a meal. Meal, we'll talk about meals in a minute. But anything, basically, that you are paying out of a personal account, make sure that you turn around and run those through your business account. It just makes the bookkeeping and the administration easier. Your bookkeeper can, or your tax preparer can always go in and add those separately, you know, into your tax return adjusted. But for the, for the cleanest audit trail and to make your, you know, our goal here is to make tax breeze a uh, tax prep a breeze is to have all of your business expenses in one place. So when your tax preparer goes in and he runs your P&L, you know, everything is there. He's not going on trying to chase down other expenses. You have, when you run it through your business, you have less likelihood that you're going to miss deductions. Then I want you to review your P&L by month. There is a report out on QBO that's exactly that. It says P&L by month. It's my favorite report. It's basically, you can actually run it for 
for the year and run it for the last 12 months. It's my favorite report because it allows you to see a trend. So I want you to run that report and here's a few things you can look for. Do you have any months that look to be missing expenses? So if you have an expense line and you have expenses for all, for every month, but one or two months, what happened in those months? Were you, you know, is that, is, was it, is that expense missing? Did it get paid out of a personal account? Is it maybe sitting in the wrong account? So make sure you're not missing any expenses. Look at any large amounts, look outside the normal trend. So if you have, you know, a month suddenly where, you know, expenses jump to $10,000, go in, look at it, make sure you understand what the expense is. This is also part of just understanding where your money is going. Look for anything that doesn't pass a sanity check. You know, look at the totals for the for the year, look at the totals by month. Is there anything out there you're like, hey, I don't know what, you know, what, what is this? You know, I don't remember what this is. Um, if your bookkeeper's doing their job correctly, they should be identifying these as well. One of the things I'm often doing with my clients every month is anything that strikes me as out of the ordinary or unusual. I'm discussing with them, um, making sure it's, uh, you know, it does happen. You know, I've, I've had clients that got charged, double charged for something. They got charged by for something that they thought they had unsubscribed from. So again, this is just part of your bookkeeper's do, due diligence, you know, making sure that your financial statements are correct. I also want you to look at your meals. You'll have a line on your P&L someplace probably that says meals and entertainment, something similar. Under the tax code, most of your meals that you pay for are only 50% deductible. Um, This is, you know, we can get into a whole discussion of tax policy, but it's really to keep people from going out and, you know, dropping $400 at Morton Steakhouse and deducting the whole whole 100%. um, And the rationale is also is that whether you're, eating out or not, you got to eat. So they're only going to let you deduct 50% of it. There is an exception. It's generally for company parties. There, there are a few other exceptions, but this is the primary one. If you hold, a, if you have a business and you hold a company party and you provide food at that party, you can't deduct that 100%. When your tax preparer goes in, the normal default is meals are deductible 50%. If you have any meals that are 100% deductible, I always advise clients, let's set up a separate account on our chart of accounts that says meals 100%, and we would put anything that was 100% deductible into that account. Again, this makes tax prep super easy, so that when your tax preparer goes in and he sees an account that says meals 100%, he knows that you've got, he, it, you know, he may ask you some questions about it, but he knows that you're, you've segregated out some meals that, you know, don't fall into the normal 50% limit on deduction. Okay, so that's what I want you to do with your, you know, with your P&L. There are other P&Ls you can go look at. I really like that P&L by month just because it lets you look at trends. So let's talk about some deductions that are not, that may not be in your accounting books. So let's talk about health insurance. If you file on a Schedule C, and so this is going to be for um, L single member LLCs that are not filing as an S-Corp or people who don't have an LLC, you're just a sole proprietor. Okay, in certain cases, your premiums are deductible to you um, as an adjustment to income. Your tax preparer wants to know the amount. So um, if you are paying for insurance, health insurance outside of your company, make sure you've got records of that. That'll probably come up in the organizer, but it's definitely something to call out to your tax preparer, and a good tax preparer will definitely ask you about it. If you're an S-Corp, okay, your premiums are, the premiums that are paid on behalf of an owner 
are actually included in your W-2 as income, but the business takes a deduction for these. So if you are an escort, basically your, your health and your health deductions will run through your books, but they get a little special treatment. But if you are filing your taxes as a sole proprietor, which is basically on your schedule C, then they will not be a part of your books. Another one to look at is mileage. Okay. If you are driving your personal vehicle for business purposes, okay, you can claim that at 65 cents, 65.5 cents per mile. Back in the day when I did taxes, just to date myself a little bit, back in the day when I did my taxes, I think it was 27 and a half cents a mile. And that would have been in the 90s sometime. So, but it adds up. Um, I was, I did a bunch of business travel um, earlier in the the year. And I think in the space of a few weeks, I racked up $700 worth of additional tax deductions. QBO actually has an app for your phone that has a mileage tracker built into it. That's what I use. Um, there are all, if you go out and Google, you know, mileage apps, you'll find other tools out there. You can use a spreadsheet. Um, you can even, you know, put them, have a little notebook that's on your um, visor that you use, but you want to track the mileage for each trip. Okay. And the business purpose It's important to track the business purpose. Okay. And what can you deduct? It's, it's if you're doing travel specifically for business. So all my business is operated out of my home. So when I go to, you know, if I happen to have any in-person clients and clients local and I go visit those clients, that counts. Um, if I'm going to networking meetings, that counts. So it's where a lot of mine is, you know, I'm attending various events, functions in and around the area. Um, and so that's where a lot of my mileage goes. Okay. Likewise, if you have a business vehicle, okay, so it's held by your business, it's in your business, this books is probably sitting on the balance, it's sitting on the balance sheet as an asset and you use it for personal purposes, you're at, your tax pro is going to need that information as well. Actually, your bookkeeper should, because this is taxable to you on your W-2. So if I have a business vehicle it's a part of my business but i'm using it partially for personal purposes i basically have to pay taxes on that as is a taxable fringe benefit okay and then let's talk about everybody's favorite one home office um, in certain cases yes you can deduct a portion of your utilities your mortgage interest expense or your rent expense as a deduction of your business please make sure when you do this you talk to your tax preparer Okay, regarding a home office deduction, there are a number of rules around this and it can be an audit trigger. I mean, the reason it can be an audit trigger is it's an area that historically gets a lot of abuse because one of the requirements for the home office deduction is generally that it needs to be used exclusively for, for business. So if you're using, you know, say your den is your, you know, use it as business office business office, but you also watch TV there and there and your kid also does their homework on there and it doesn't qualify. So you want to understand the rules. Um, I know people who, once they understood the rules, they set up their 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 house that, that they could qualify. Um, but if you want to deduct, you know, a lot of people listening to this probably um, work primarily out of their home. It's definitely worth talking to your tax preparer about um, because you can, you know, you can realize some some sizable um, tax benefits from that. All right. Next thing I want to talk about here is receipts. Um, at tax season, um, pr- those of you who don't have a bookkeeping system, this is the, the chase they go through. They start you know, pulling all their receipts, trying to get them all organized. Pretty much no legit book or tax pro that I know now will allow you to just deposit a, a bag of receipts on their desk and figure it out themselves. Um, you're going to pay out, you know, the, out the ears for, for that. When you have a bookkeeping, you know, when you have a bookkeeping system, I feel like the receipts, 
you know, yes, you want to have a way to track them, but your tax probably may be asked for a few here and there, but it's really where receipts are coming in and where I see people chasing their receipts is when they don't have any type of system. What you want to do for receipts is you just want to have a system to collect and access them easily. That last part is really important. Okay, so a lot of this, there's not one single best way to do it. I have ways I like to do it. Other people have ways they like to do it. The thing is, if your tax pro asks you to produce a receipt or where receipts come in even more to play is if you were ever to get audited and the IRS comes in and asks for a receipt, you want to be able to easily access it. So there's a few different things you can do. You can actually attach them into QBO. QBO app has a, has a function where you can scan the receipt and attach it directly to an expense. You can scan it in using your phone and then send it to yourself in email. Um, I like to organize them in Google Drive or a Dropbox. You can organize them by month. You can organize them by vendor. Really ask yourself what is the most intuitive for you. If you have a bookkeeper um, you can, or a VA, you can use them to help you keep your receipts organized. Work with them on a system that you know that works for you. And again, I think the most important thing here is that it is intuitive for you, so that when you're asked to produce that receipt, um, you can you can find it. There's a few places where I think receipts are more important than others. So, like for instance, you know, being a someone who works with clients mostly remotely, like I have Zoom charges, I'm not worried about a Zoom receipt. I can go into my Zoom account and I can easily pull my billing history. I'm using Squarespace. Squarespace goes in. That's my website. That's where my website and domain are at. Um, I can go into my dashboard there. I can easily access all of my billing history. Okay. And they go in and once a year and they automatically you know, debit my account for the charges. What I think you're really wanting to be documenting here are some of your more unusual expenses, conferences, training that you're going to, um, things that are unusual. Anything where you pay with cash, obviously, if you happen to have done anything where you're paying for cash, even think about your um, Uber receipts. You know, you want to be able to access Uber receipts. If you paid for a tip or you paid for, you know, something, you know, something where you pay somebody in cash, I'm trying to think of cases where you would pay in cash, probably, at, you know, tips at a hotel or something. Now, your bellman's not going to give you a tip, but you can write down on a piece of paper how much, you know, make a note of how much cash you gave them. Uh, the date, the time, and you can use that as a substitute. Um, there are de minimis rules at the IRS around things that don't require a receipt. But again, anything I pay in cash, I want to keep some type of note for it, so I so I know what it's for. Because otherwise, when you go into QuickBooks, you, you want to it'll it'll be hard to even you know to even remember what it's for. Okay. Any type of business meal travel. These can get scrutinized both by your tax pro and in the event of an audit. The IRS might scrutinize these because what they're looking to do is making sure you're only deducting legitimate business expenses. So hotel receipts, meal receipts while you're traveling. You want to note that, you know, when I when I get my receipt from the hotel, I make a note, you know, what was the nature of the trip? What was I attending? What was my business purpose? You know, so why did I pretend attend that particular event, you know, was it, you know, there are rules that if you, you know, if you're combining business and personal, certain portions of it are deductible and certain portions are not. So I keep a record of all that. Um, whenever I go out on a business meal, okay, I'll keep the receipt and I'll make a note. Who was I with and what were we discussing? Because business meals are 50% deductible, but they have to be for business purposes. And again, if, 
um, your tax pro or the IRS ever comes back and they are like, well, what were you doing at this dinner with Jane Doe and uh, John Smith? What were you talking about? You want to be able to say, oh, we were talking about and be specific about the, the business purpose um, as opposed to, you know, we were talking about the Super Bowl. All right. So that's what you want to do with receipts. Now, there may be some of you sitting out there and saying, well, I don't have a system. You know, I have to go through my receipts. I just, you know, that's my only way to prep for tax season. So here's, here's what I would do if you don't have a system. So first, gather your documents, your bank statements, Stripe reports, um, and Stripe is just an example, PayPal reports, and you want to create a spreadsheet. Um, you know, I like I said, I would never hand off. And like I said, I don't think too many. Any tax preparer, let's put it this way, any tax preparer who will let you drop a box of receipts on their desk, you want to run and find a new tax preparer um, because that's probably somebody you don't want to be working with. M- most tax preparers, because they're putting their name on the line when they sign your return, they're going to want something that's coming from you. So you're going to create a spreadsheet. You know, business. You're going to use your business accounts, but if you if you your business checking account statement, but if you are paying expenses out of your personal account, yeah, you're going to have to pull your personal your personal accounts, your personal bank statements, and you're going to have to go through and outline any business expenses. You can go out and create your own spreadsheet, but I do offer a tool. It's called Simple Financials. It is a easy to use, non techy solution. It was specifically designed for those who do not have high volume who don't mind doing some manual data entry, who don't want or need a full-featured accounting system. It runs off of a Google Sheet. You, when you purchase it, you get a Google Sheet and you just copy it into your own drive. It contains a transaction register. That's the only place you have to enter any information. It kind of works like your, like your checkbook. You'll enter you know, the, the date, who you paid, what the expense was for. But one of the things it does is it provides you drop-down categories. So you'll have little categories that that are aligned with the Schedule C of your tax return. So I've set it up so that you'll pick those categories and it makes preparing your tax return super easy. And then it has pre-populated reports. This is typically one of the things that's missing when you do your own spreadsheet is you don't have any type of reports that summarize anything by category. So this has, I want to say, eight or nine different reports um, at last check. But the key one is there is a annual profit and loss detail that basically gives you your revenue and then all your expenses by all these categories. And you can basically shoot that off to your tax preparer and your tax preparer can use that to prepare as tax returns. So, you know, if that's something you want to explore, I'm going to drop the links for that um, in the show notes. It's $79. You pay for it once and then each year you can just duplicate it and use it again. All right. Hope this helped you and hope, hope this helped you get prepared for tax season and make it smoother because again it you know it doesn't have to be stressful it's you know if we go into it prepared if you are ready to outsource your bookkeeping in 2024 or you are ready to up level your existing bookkeeping i would love to talk to you i'm ready to offer expert accounting help and we could have a further conversation by booking a call at www.carlamotes.com forward slash work with me And again, if you want a non-techie solution, you don't have a lot of volume, Simple Financials could be for you. And I will also drop the link for that in the show notes. All right, and I will see you next week. Thanks so much for listening to the show. Remember that your finances deserve some love. Finance doesn't have to be complicated or overwhelming, and you do not have to do it alone. I'd love to talk to you about your business, so please come on over to www.carlamotes.com to learn more, 
Or if you're ready for financial and strategy support that will uplevel your business, go to www.carlamodes.com forward slash work with me to book your free financial assessment. And the last favor I'll ask is for you to help me get out the word. Tell your friends about this podcast and share it on your favorite social media. Until next week, go create some purposeful profit.